Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Jesus said to his disciples, the things that you see me do, you will do even greater. One of the best compliments for any professor or anybody who's teaching you something is to see the people that you poured into and to see them do even greater. God is working through you, Greg. More importantly, he's working in you. And that's what he wants to do in all of us. And so thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I'm really excited for this morning. The reason why is because none of my slides worked. (laughs) And every time I put together a whole schedule of what God wants to say, he says, no, 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 you're close, but I got better. Why don't you just go ahead and trust me in this moment? Why don't you let me let your tongue become my tongue? Why don't you go ahead and speak through me, Lord? Let me decrease so that you may that you may increase. And so often in our world, what we hear is that our job is to get better and better, stronger and stronger, go further and further. And he says, what did I come to do? I came to wash your feet. I came to take the floor. I came to be looked over, looked past, not seen. Because in my weakness, there is There is strength. As you guys have been walking through the book of James, I was just excited to be able to have the opportunity to teach on this passage in chapter 3. And the reason why is because I'm a Bible nerd. If you have a Bible, I want you to open it up and I want you to look at how many chapters are in the book of James. If you have your phone, I want you to open up your app and bring up the book of James. And I want you to look at why I pointed out the number of chapters in the book of James. Not what the word says, but the chapters that are there. How many chapters are in the book of James? There's five. You're like, okay, where's he going with this? The Jews and the Greeks had a different way of talking about the important things in their world, different than what we're used to. We hear a great story, and it starts with someone we kind of like, and then things fall apart, and then they begin to rebuild, and then about three-quarters of the way through, it comes to its what? Its climax. And we go, wow, I never saw that coming together. This is awesome. This is beautiful. And then it kind of has this resolution and we go away with warm fuzzies and the whole world is great. The Jews and the Greeks didn't talk like that. They put their most important information, anybody want to guess? At the dead center. If you ever want to look through any book of the Bible and see what the most important point that that writer wanted to say, it is always at the middle. And what chapter are we on? We're on chapter three. So Greg gave me a great gift (laughs) 
To be able to talk about what James said, this is the most important, all the things that I wanted to talk about. You guys have heard this in the world around you. You know what? God just wants to bless you and there should never be any pain in your life. We all, we all here, no pain, no what? No gain. This is life. This is life. My brothers, my sisters, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know God's at work. Or how about, yeah, yeah, I've heard that verse before. I, I can quote that scripture. I got it all taken care of. And you look in the mirror and you go, what? We somehow have heard that if, if, if we've heard enough sermons, if we've read the Bible enough, that it doesn't really matter if we do anything with it. Does that work in any job you've ever been a part of? No. Your boss gives you instruction because he wants the best for you. He wants to guide and direct you. Anyone who looks at the perfect law and walks away and doesn't do anything with it, you miss the whole point. Or, or how about, you know what, first lady, pastor, deacon, those are the spiritual people in our church. Those are people, they, they need a front row seat. They need, they need people to point out what's going on in their world and go, you know what, if you want to look like Jesus, it looks just like this. And James says, what? Favoritism? In the church? Are you, are you kidding me? The, the one who came to be what? I did not come to be the greatest, I came to be your servant, the one who had lunch with the prostitutes. The one who served the orphans and the widows. That's your leader. That's your savior. Over and over again, James just keeps giving us, he's like, bam, bam. Where's it coming from next? These are all good truths that 2,000 years ago they were struggling with, and guess what we're still struggling with today? Same thing, why? Because we've all been broken people for a long, long time. And yet James says this. Let me put my most important point in chapter 3. It's all good stuff. But let me get to the heart of the matter. And this is what he says. Let not many of you become teachers. What? Not many of us should be teachers? I, I don't know if you grew up like me to where you look at the person that's standing right here or the person that's sitting right there and you go, oh man, if I could be in that place, I would finally set the church right. I would finally be able to put it together in a way that God's glory would just be seen all throughout this world. God, give me that pulpit. God, give me that stage. God, give me that position. And he says, you better not want that. Why? 
because you get to be judged more harshly than anybody else. For those of us who are pastors, real, real pastors, we almost have a love-hate relationship with our Savior who called us to this. <laughs> because it's like, uh, me? You want me to speak your words. you kidding me, right? And James follows it up and he says, why? Why shouldn't many of us want to be teachers? Not only will we, will we be judged more harshly, but we all make mistakes. We all stumble in many ways is the words he uses. None, none of you have ever stumbled, right? You, you've never messed up in your life. Let, let, let the person who's never made a mistake. Uh, here, I'll give you the mic. I know you're right. Mm. Here, you got it. Mm -hmm. who, who hasn't messed up yet? Come on, man. You teach us. And who's not going to mess up tomorrow? Mm. That's a good one. Paul says we, we struggle in the church, and this is the heart of it. We have jealousy towards those who shouldn't be chosen for this position because we think we should be chosen for it. And those who are chosen and show their shortcomings, we have the little grace for. I wouldn't be like that. I wouldn't talk like that. Why? Because I'm better than that. No, you aren't. None of us are. None of us deserve his grace and his goodness to work in and through us. This is why Paul says, you know what? If you can't take care of your own family, why, why am I going to put you in charge of mine? Why am I going to put you in charge of my family? All of us, all of us have been made kings and queens in training for his eternal kingdom. And wherever you stand, wherever you sit, wherever you serve, if you cannot be faithful in the little things, how can you be faithful in the larger? I'm an idiot. I have said things to my wife that no person that loves someone that much should ever say. I've been short and pointed with my girls that are more precious and more loved by me than I would ever want to do. And you've done it too. Why? Why, why does this happen? This is Paul's words, the things that I don't want to do. I do. Why? Why? And James even gets more pointed with this. He says it's, it's down to one part. It's down to, that, oh, hey. That, 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 that beautiful little thing, keep that inside your mouth is what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you, that's yours. I don't need to see that. 
But we have this inordinate desire that not only people would see that, they would hear that. I got something to say, and you need to hear what I have to say. James has these words. He says, you know what, this, this little thing my mom loved to say that you got one of these, of these. <laughs> Use what you got. <laughs> and we are so quick to speak, so slow to listen. Even when people are talking to us, we're thinking about what we can say next. James says the reason why this happens is it, it, it's simple. Just look at the world around you. You put a tiny little bit in a horse's mouth, and you can take that beast anywhere you want to go. You put a tiny little rudder on a massive cruise ship, and you can make that thing sail all over the oceans. The tongue has been given to us to do great things good things and yet more often than not it brings chaos and destruction sticks and stones may break my bones words will never harm me listen listen to your heart right now you can still hear the words still hear the words that a parent said to you. You can still hear the words that a boss said to you. You can still hear the words that a spouse said to you. This is the heart of the matter. James wants to say to God's people, this, this right here, it's not a small, insignificant thing. What are you going to use it for? When he moves from the analogy of the horse's bit and the rudder, he says the tongue is a small, small part. But this is literally the center of James. He says, but it is set on fire by hell itself is how it's translated in most of your versions that you would be reading. The word there is a, 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 the word actually Gehenna. Gehenna was the dump heap for Jerusalem. What they would do is they would take all their trash because they didn't have city trash back then. They would take their trash and they would just push it out the walls and it would fall down in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. And the valley was full of junk. It was full of evil. It was full of filth. And so what would they do? They would set fires to it. And those fires would burn continuously. It was a way to get rid of trash. Inside of our hearts, 
We push the bad experiences, the bad words, the bad stuff down deep. And we think we can just drown it. And Satan says, no, let me let your tongue set it on fire. It's okay when you pull, pour, uh, uh, pour, yeah, it's okay when you, when you put a piece of, of wood out there, it, it might burn, okay, but you put a can of gasoline, what's going to happen? Those of you who are married, has anybody's gasoline of filth at the depths of their being, has it ever exploded off the tongue? Has that ever happened in your workplace? Has that ever happened in the church? He says, this, the, the, that wasn't a slip of the tongue. The tongue is speaking from the depths of what's there. It wasn't that that person just angered you in that moment. There is deep-seated hatred. And it lies there, ready to explode at a moment's notice. Why is it there? Why is it there? The last picture James gives to us, and was it Miss Barber? Betty. Betty, I got the B there. Yeah. I, I want you to open that up, and I want you to take a drink. Yeah, yeah, I want you to take a drink. And I want you to tell everybody what it tastes like. Okay? All right. <laughs> it tastes like dirt. It tastes like dirt. It tastes like but dirt. It, but it's cool and refreshing. It's cool, and it's basically, it, it doesn't take like punch. No. Okay, does it take like lemonade? Oh, no. Okay, all right. I want you to, does it taste like the ocean? Could be. Could be, maybe. <laughs> okay, take, take another drink. Does it taste any different? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Are we done? What, well, yeah, oh, yeah, we're done. What can we expect from this bottle of water? It's going to taste the same forever. Forever. Out of the same mouth, James says, blessings and cursings? I'm not going to make Miss Betty drink this again, but if she did, what do you think it tastes like? The same thing. So how can blessings and cursings come out of us? How, how does, how does a, a, an olive tree produce grapes? it's something unseen in the rest of creation and James says we are freaks of nature we have God's goodness sitting in us and we have satanic filth sitting in us I don't know if any of you had kerosene lamps or ever saw those around in the, in the old days what they did was it they had these little lamps that were full of oil and then they'd take a little wick and they'd put it in there and they'd set that wick on fire and it would burn off the 
oil, the fuel that's in there. You want to know what's in your heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. At the center of James's teaching, he says, the problem, the deep, deep problem here is not that you lack faith. It's not that you favor people over another. It's not that you hear God's words and you don't put it into practice. It's not that you complain that life's tough. The deep, deep problem is in here. It's the brokenness and filth that we throw over the wall that we think nobody else ever sees and nobody else ever needs to know about. And Satan in his joyful place loves to just set that tongue on fire. And it feeds off its source. And its source flows out. My brothers and my sisters, he ends with, this should not be. I want you to listen because God wants you to listen. What's at the depths of your heart right now? What anger, what hatred, what abuse, what filth does he want to just set a spark to and see it burn down everybody around it? The Holy One. The Holy One that John describes as fire incarnate comes to the depths of our being and he burns away the dross. He heals the brokenhearted. He sets the captives free. Behold, behold Honey, there's somebody at the door. Get it all in order. Shove it in the closet. Nobody can see the absolute mess and filth that we live in. It's got to be purdy. What if it's the great cleaner standing at the door? 
You want them to see everything. Because then it ain't your job. It isn't yours. It's his. It's his. You've said stuff you should have never said. You've heard stuff you should have never heard. And the God of all goodness, the Savior who came for us today and every day. Behold, I stand at the door and knock whoever, whoever has the faith to open that door and show me what I already know is sitting on the other side. I will come in to them and I will feast with them and they will feast with me. We won't be sitting in a trash heap. We'll be sitting at the table of heaven. And just like anyone who's had a great meal, anyone who sat down to something sumptuous, what, 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 what can't you keep this thing from doing? Oh, it was so good. It was so, it was so good. You don't even understand. I'm going back as soon as I get the chance. Taste. Taste, taste, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. And his mercies are new every, every morning. Great is his faithfulness. God, we thank you. We thank you that you speak truth over us, that you speak truth to us. Pray that you would speak truth through us. God, the trash that sits inside of us that we don't know how to get rid of, that every once in a while Satan gets a hold of and sets a fire from it. We invite you in. We invite you into that hurt and that pain. We invite you into those lies. We open up the door to the great cleaner. For our benefit and for our benefit. Give us words of truth. Give us words of healing. Give us words of peace and of joy. Take what Satan would mean for evil and turn it into glorious good that proclaims your glory, your name, and your kingdom both now and forevermore. Let it be. Let it be. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.